0: Yes, we are welcoming on Below the Belt Show, our featured guest of the evening. She is an amazing actress. She is all over Netflix. My gosh, you can see her in a very powerful film, All Day and a Night. And you can see her in another very different film called Uncorked, also on Netflix. Hey, what a surprise. (laughs) We welcome Actress (laughs) Actress <laughs> Kelly Jenret. Kelly, it is so great to have you on Below the Belt Show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Wow. So we had to watch your films and mm-hmm. and I gotta say, first of all, congratulations on having two great films on Netflix uh right now. Um, of course, in this quarantine. You can catch up on a lot of film and television, which is what we've been here doing here on Below the Belt Show, and of course, um, shifting from the radio station to our respective homes for our show. But nonetheless, um, wow! Let's let's get right into it. Um, all day and a night, wow! I mean, powerful, heavy, heavy, powerful. Heavy, heavy is a very heavy. strong word. And oh my God, A-list acting throughout the entire film. My gosh. You killed it in your role as Delanda. Thank you. My okay. gosh. And you're working among, amongst one of my favorite actors, because I'm a Westworld fan, and Jeffrey Wright. And to see him do a completely different role as JD yeah. from you know his role as the uh, Westworld scientist of Bernard
2: <laughs>
0: blew my freaking mind. And um, how was your experience on that film, Kelly?
1: You know, just like you, Jeffrey Wright is by far one of my favorite actors of all times. Uh he he blew my mind when he went uh from Peoples, you know, Tiger Woo, Tiger Woo and, and Shaft to playing Martin Luther King's yeah. <laughs> What? Um, so just just being a fan of his already was just um it was, it was overwhelming in the best possible way um, to be able to work alongside him. I had to constantly check myself, like, Kelly, you are in this film as an actor. You are not a fan. Stop, like, getting <laughs> lost in, in the brilliance that is you yeah. and do the job that you were hired to do. So it was, it was an incredible experience.
0: Were, were you surprised to see um, Jeffrey take on a role like J.D.? Something completely different from what I've seen him do.
1: Um, no, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised um, because he has just done roles. I mean, like you name it from, from Lackawanna blues to lady in the water to, you know, it's just he, his career, just the roles he's taken, I, I, I feel like are so different from the roles that he has taken before. And so it feels like, yeah, I can see Jeffrey doing something like this. Nice, awesome. which I'm so glad he did.
0: Yes, yes. So, how did you prepare for this role as the uh, Londa?
1: You know, I, I've, I've said before, I, I judged her initially, um, just because of the choices that she had made, the way she talked to her son. Like, you know, I grew up in a middle class family. Um, we didn't curse. So like I don't curse in my real yeah. life. A lot of um, cursing,
0: a lot of end bombs going around. Not, Ooh, wow. It was a lot.
1: Was a <laughs> lot of- <laughs> <laughs> right. <so> I, like- <laughs> I had to just step back. I had to step back and acknowledge the fact that I was judging her and understand that my job was to tell her story and mm-hmm. um and not to judge her. And so I did my best to um just just try to get to the truth of of what this story was and what she was trying to share well yeah
2: and sorry i just wanted to jump in on that um kelly my name's morgan i dabble in a little acting but um i just i watched this movie today and i was like al you're you're making me watch another heavy heavy film and um I grew up in Baltimore, but but like you, uh, middle-class family. My family did not curse. Um, My mother wanted better for my sister and I. And this story is so poignant to a lot of Baltimore City, a lot of, you know, inner cities. And I just, your character, it's like, that's the strong, struggling Black woman mother who Mm-hmm. It's it's like she's almost at her wits end she wants her son to be better but like that this movie just tells the whole story about that struggle like I even wrote down the quote in there slavery taught us how to survive but not how to mm-hmm. live and yeah. I just was like I that I I get that like I think a lot of a lot of black people feel that and I think this story it's it's important for people to see I mean uh, so, so thank you for that.
0: Yeah. Do you feel that's the, the case in the th- this current uh, times with all the social and racial injustices going on in the world for, for audiences to watch a film like this?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I feel like it is the reality for so many people, Um, you know, and, and Martin Luther King talked about how, you know, we're always told like, pull yourself up by the bootstraps mm-hmm. and, and it's like, well, what happens when I don't have any boots? You right. know? And, then yeah. what? and so, you know, the the way we shot the film was kind of from going from the end to the beginning, and there was a scene, it was like one of the last scenes of the play where Jeffrey Wright is holding our newborn baby, and he's saying that mm-hmm. you're going to rise above right. us, like, this is not, you are not going to have oh, the life oh, that yeah. we had. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that I don't feel like any parent uh, hopes for their child to be in a gang or to mm-hmm. uh, spend the rest of their lives in jail. Yes. But it was just, you know, he ended up uh, going to prison, had a felony, and what can you do when when you come out? The system is right. not designed to help you to be better, you know. Um, and so it was just, I. we we were both in a situation as parents where we did the best with what we had, and unfortunately, it just wasn't good enough.
0: Well, the other Um, parent, maybe not so much, right? Yeah. (laughs) J.D., obviously. um, Well, I guess we can talk a little spoiler stuff about the film, but uh, J.D. and Anne Jakar end up in in prison together, and I guess it just shows like father,
2: like son, I guess? Uh Um, and, um, what is, I mean, this- it was a nice moment at the end with the plan, yeah. but I-, I liked that, but it still was just, you know, sad. Like, is, was Ja going to get out? Like, uh, you know.
3: I think they sentenced him to life in prison.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's is, like, so- it's, a, it's, a, it's a
3: sad moment because it's like, these guys are stuck together in prison for life.
2: And that, and it took that yeah. to get them to finally have that bond.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, and him saying, Come on, old man,
3: let me let me teach you how yeah. to grow something.
0: Right.
1: And oh, it, it begs, yeah. It yeah, begs that the was question. Yeah. yeah. It begs
3: it begs the question, like, was all of that worth it? Right. Was all of that worth it? Yeah. You know? So yeah, I,
0: I was I, I was rooting for uh for Jakar. Uh, play who played, who played who played brilliantly by Ashton Sanders, man. Just, <laughs> like that kid is so good. I mean, yeah. Moonlight and um Native Sun uh i got yeah. to check that out uh, his, his acting work is brilliant i mean oh, the entire cast of that film brilliant absolutely brilliant i can yeah. say when i was watching
3: things. it when yeah. i was watching i was comparing it to um one of my favorite movies from 2018 blind spotting yeah, yeah i
1: just watched that my husband yeah and I just watched that the other day yeah
3: if you don't know the plot of blind spotting basically um w Diggs plays a guy that's on probation for a um for an assault charge. And so he's three days from, from his probation going up uh, and being completed. But on his third day before completion of probation, he witnesses a black an unarmed black man get gunned down in the street by a white police officer. So the problem is at on probation, you can't have any kind of criminal interaction whatsoever. So he can't go to the cops and say, Hey, I just watched this guy get shot in the street because that would violate his probation. Right. Like, reporting a crime technically violates probation. Right. So he has to just suck it up and take it. And it's yeah. Like, it's indicative of the problems we have currently, which is that basically just to be black in America is a horrible thing, you know, in, in this current time. it's it's been a problem all the way back to Civil War and beyond that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, the Civil War was not that long ago, if you really think about it. Right. So... So we have this problem that's now finally, finally getting, you know, getting the attention that deserves with, with, uh, you know, Confederate monuments being torn down. And I say, good, tear them down. You know, like the Berlin Wall came down, you know, Nazi swastikas came down. Why shouldn't those come down? Confederate flags. Like, and besides, Uh, why would the the people in the South want a participation award? Honestly, really? (laughs) You lost. Why would you celebrate that? (laughs) I thought you were uh, not okay with participation awards. (laughs) Really? Why are you gonna be sore losers about that? But yeah, so it's it's uh I compare this to blind spotting, and it's the same situation. Is that it's a cycle? Mm -hmm. It's an endless cycle that people get get stuck in. People of the lower class, Mm -hmm. people of you know non-white ethnicity typically get caught up in this cycle, and it continues to go on and on and on forever. They're
0: influenced by their environment. Yeah,
2: the nature yeah, that, versus nurture concept. Was shot not too long
1: before um, we shot all day and a night, I, I believe. Um okay. Both were shot in Oakland. Yep.
3: Um, okay. And that's what I, want, I wanted to compare. It to, is that it's also an Oakland film? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's it shows the gentrification of Oakland's the yeah. uh, the um, the di- racial divide between the white and black community in Oakland. It's it's much more explicit in Blind Spotting in that they have the opening and that it's like the two parallels with the split screen that in um uh in in the current film that that uh, that you were in. It's a little more of a personal uh personal right. endeavor, yeah. but uh but in um Blind Spotting it's more like, you know, this is what's happening with each community, so yeah. much more broad. So mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. So, I'm gonna um, pour more wine right now. <laughs> That's it's my here. birthday. I'm 44. People we're say happy that I think a lot. I don't know why they think that.
0: So <laughs> I gotta ask: Are you, as an Emmy-nominated actress, which I, which we'll get into a little bit on the Emmys Tale, um, do you still have to audition, Kelly?
1: Or I, are, you I also, do. are you I do. There's <laughs> this misconception that you uh, know you you get the Emmy nomination and yeah. the world just opens up. Right. While I feel like I have benefited in a great way. Um, I do still have to audition. Um, I, I have. There are roles that I am offered. Um, I, I was offered the role on Mixed Dish that I shot earlier this year, um, but I'm I'm still out here auditioning, hustling, grinding. Still. I love it.
0: What yeah. ca- you mentioned, Mixed Dish. Uh, what can we expect uh, for, for for that uh, cast?
1: Hopefully, hopefully they will bring us back. Um, Flex plays my husband. Um, on on the show, and we are uh, the new black neighbors. That oh, that's are, right. That are moving yes. into the neighborhood. I like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So hopefully they will they will bring us back since she doesn't have any black
2: friends.
0: Morgan, they named that show after you, right, Morgan?
1: Yes, I guess. <laughs> <and me.
2: laughs> Rainbow is a little bit older than I was right. in the '80s, but right. I do right. I like that show because they make a lot of points about being biracial and black. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I, and I, I remember that episode now that you were in. So yeah, that is that is a good one cause, because because uh, mother's trying to make sure she has black friends and and she's just being too much. So Yeah,
1: yeah my character's like, so you just trying to be my friend because I'm black? Right, you know? right, I mean, right. <laughs> and part of her like, yeah, because I don't have yeah. any black friends. Like, can we be friends?
2: Right, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Awesome. Let's go into Uncorked. Uh, how did you enjoy working with EC Nash and Courtney B. Vance? Two incredible, incredible actors and really great ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. 93% critics loved Uncorked. Uh, very different uh, film than All Day and a Night. <laughs> um, uh, uh, so it's, uh, I guess, uh, uh, more of a dramedy
1: uh, would you yeah, call yeah. I, I would definitely say more of a dramedy um you know who wouldn't want to work with Nisi nash and courtney vance right. you know they yes. they were amazing and and mamadou who plays the lead what i right. loved about this story was that it was just a regular black family you right know? We just got to kind of peek behind the curtain and see the workings of this family, a father who wanted his son to like just go into this barbecue business. Family, yeah, family, yeah, and he's like, "But no, I want to be a sommelier." Yeah. And I know that sommelier was like the most googled word after uncork.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I had never even heard that word before. Really? I thought it was a yeah, wine. I, I had wine connoisseur. I had no idea that was actually. What
1: <laughs> no. <they were> <laughs>
2: Yeah.
3: Somalia, no, Somalia. <laughs> Somalia
1: and, and I was privy to that word back in, um, 2018. Um, my best friend's friend was, um, seeking to become a sommelier. Okay, and so okay. I was like introduced to that. Um, and so it was just really cool to see this, uh, regular black man wanting to mm-hmm. become a master sommelier. So I thought it was, I thought it was really cool. And Nisi and Courtney were just, fantastic just watching them work together was it was beautiful
0: yeah I saw that especially at the dinner table when we saw all of you collectively
1: I'm glad we were able to get through them there was a lot of laughter a lot of I, pressure, I a lot of takes and people like I don't think people really know how silly Courtney B. Vance is this dude is like, <laughs> he's pretty funny and very silly. Very silly.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course he did yeah. a great job on uh, the People versus O.J. Simpson. Oh like, my god, he
1: was. Oh, yeah. oh God, he was amazing. Amazing.
0: He was awesome. <laughs> amazing. So that's that's a great film yeah. you can check it out on Netflix. So that is a yeah. place to see you for sure. And yeah. let's let's go into a little bit of your your other project because um, first of all. I know Morgan, you are a very big *Handmaid's Tale*, Handmaid's Tale fan, right? Yeah. Yes. So you're excited when I told you Kelly's going to be on the show. So, so uh, amazing! i rewatched your episode of 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 uh, *Handmaid's Tale*, yeah. and uh, only one episode. I was curious because of your Emmy nomination. Why didn't they write more for you? You figured they would have want to expand yeah, on your character. Yeah, there
2: should have been more more flashbacks. Yeah, I was curious I about think. that.
1: Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, just as a fan of the show, like even if I had not played Annie, I still wanted to know, like, what happened to yeah. Annie? Like, where is Annie now? Um, but that right. just wasn't where the where they saw the show going. Um, and so um, I feel like it was Annie was there to serve the purpose of showing the. The the humanity of uh, June's character, the flaws that, you know, she was not a perfect woman, um, mm-hmm. kind of like the breaking point for her. So, you know, I hopefully at some point they may bring her back, but I don't think that that's that they weren't really going in that mm-hmm. direction. And I, I I'm all of us were surprised that I got the Emmy nomination. I know they were for sure.
0: <laughs> How did you feel when you first heard the news? Um, jump- I,
1: I just kept saying no. I was like, no. 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 Did
0: you no. somersault? <laughs> no, I no. Don't want the it's a mistake. No. <laughs>
1: no. No. Like a like like woman from Get Out. No. <laughs>
2: no. Uh, that, <laughs> that show gives me such anxiety. Yeah. Um uh, like I just remember trying to binge the whole last season, being like, "Just, I just need to get through it because it, it's just so intense, and it's, it's like, you know." And a lot of people are like, "This is what our world is coming to," and I'm like, yeah. "Just lobotomize me if that's coming, because I, I can't." What, it, what does it
3: feel like to have a panic attack for ten hours straight? <laughs> Ooh, you know, yeah, the first,
1: first episode of season two. um I said, yeah. I'm glad I'm. I I have. I'm in season two. I'll keep watching, but <laughs> I didn't know that I was. I was like, ah, this this first episode of season two, y'all taking me out. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know we would. Well, that's the uh, thing. You made such an impact uh, on your episode, and even though you were in two scenes, that just goes to show what an incredible yeah. acting. Um, job you did in that in that series. So congratulations again. I mean, that, that's, that's just awesome to have on your resume. Yeah.
1: Emmy yeah. Nominated. I mean, mean you you nominated. You, you yeah. can't, can't do I anything. Mean. You can't take it away. You can't take it away. So <laughs> right. the thing was there. That I was nominated alongside my husband. You know, we were the first African American married couple well, to be nominated right in on. the same year. So it was, you know, it was that's a amazing. blessing to be nominated with him. I'm very much like, I don't want to do red carpets I'm very like, hmm. oh, I don't want to, you know, I'll be in the corner. He <laughs> lives on the red carpet, never met a stranger a day <laughs> in his life. So to be able to have that balance um, yeah. and be able to walk on the red carpet, which gives me so much anxiety and look to my left or my right and see my husband there was very comforting. <laughs>
0: well, you got to admit with the pandemic now... Uh, first, of,
3: personally, I'm missing the red carpets.
1: Yeah, I miss red carpet events. I've had my yeah. picture. Alice Al is
3: you the miss... only one of us that actually gets to go to those things. So, so hey, you're lucky. Day, you're lucky, you bastard.
1: <laughs> you gotta spread it around. Now you gotta spread it around. <laughs> one
2: day.
1: Uh, do you
3: miss?
0: Do you miss all the big events?
2: Um. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like,
0: yeah. Oh,
1: okay. No, I mean, I do. What I do you miss the most? just being a so i enjoy shooting pool you know i i miss i miss not being able to just go out like and normal shoot. Yeah. yeah just just the normal i mean I, local bar and just shooting pool huh just shooting pool just shooting get, pool. Yeah. Just shoot pool. Just being able to do what you want to do yeah. right That's yeah. the fear of somebody coughing and you like uh can you you know i yeah. i i, I Anytime my nose runs, I'm like, I'm always like, I don't have COVID. I just, it's just right.
0: allergy. Right, 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 right. So, right,
1: so right. much. I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like I, 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 part of me is like, oh man, it would be cool to go to these events to get dressed up and get the makeup. Um, but it's not, it's not the first thing I miss.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, of course, um, production, um has been on hold, I know, um, on the 12th of June. They started in Los Angeles. Uh, have Have you gotten the green light on any productions coming up your way?
1: I have not. I um, oh. Yeah, I am still just kind of waiting to see what that looks like. You know, I feel like you can write out all the things that you want to write out and you can say, this is what it's going to look like and we're going to do this and we'll have this implemented and this in place. I feel like it's a different thing when you actually get there. Like, what does this look like in real life?
2: Yeah.
3: Mm -hmm. I even said, like, the restrictions that they have for, like, actual production that they put out recently is, like, every shoot's gonna take, like, an enormous amount of time.
2: Yeah. Like, there's just no
3: way of, there's no way of working around it. Like, there's, like, hand sanitizer for absolutely everyone. You have to bring your own gloves, your own mask, and it's, like, it's just it's an egregious amount of rules and it's just like just wait. It's better wow. to just, it's better to just wait honestly and just try to produce more content in contained spaces. Yeah. You know, they
1: talked about, you know, coming hair and makeup ready, which you know, mm-hmm. I can do I can do my makeup for something like this, but you they shoot in H D and yes. <laughs> right. No, I'm not. I'm not going. To be <laughs> you want there. that trailer, yeah,
0: with all the hair and makeup? <laughs> yeah, I know. I got you.
1: <laughs> I know what
0: you said. What about catering? That's gonna change, you know. Oh, oh god, They gotta eliminate yeah. the buffets. Everything oh, is man. box
3: lunches now. Everything is a box. Oh lunch. my there god. Are, yeah, everything is box lunches and sandwiches. There is no more buffet. God, but it's all gone.
0: Or bring wow, your own. Gone.
3: Yeah. Okay. So the scope of goal. stuff
0: will change. Um, intimate scenes, uh, will be uh limited, <laughs> I guess. How the hell do you shoot those? Yeah. <laughs> unless you work with your, your spouse or your significant
1: other, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like, I'll be like, so my husband will be the body double, just right, right. Back. you know, right, back in <laughs> yeah. That's that's real tricky, you know. Yeah. how do you, How do you do that? How do you shoot intimate scenes? How do you shoot? Um party
2: scenes or lots of backgrounds, yeah. That's when you get the robots, like we were talking
3: about
2: earlier. Oh yeah. Yeah, we were talking how an AI robot is
3: gonna be
0: casting.
2: We were
3: talking about this a couple of weeks ago. we were talking about like uh Warner Brothers was pushing forward an AI program that would create their films for them. Remember that? (laughs) They were gonna an AI program was gonna be used to write scripts. Oh my god. Films for Warner Brothers. And I was like, they're just gonna produce like animated films using those scripts. (laughs) <laughs> like it's I have a feeling future. that animated films are going to be the new way to go because actors yeah. can be separated and they don't have to be in the sure. same room together. True. Sure. Yeah.
0: It's a scary world, I and mean, I always think like The Handmaid's Tale could be a possible future. I mean, do you ever? It's dystopian, but there's realistic aspects to it. I mean, there yeah. could be an un- environmental um, event that causes women to be infertile, uh, certain women to be infertile, and and all this stuff. I mean, that that's just a certain yeah. A crazy rally that could happen. I so,
2: mean, if that happens, I hope the rapture happens and I'm taken away. So
3: yeah. well, it's 2020. I, Anything's possible.
1: Right. So speaking. As well, I'm like, listen, just come on back, Jesus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Take me, Jesus. What have what have we had so
3: far? We've had earthquakes, we've had murder hornets, we've had COVID. What else have we had? We lost Kobe Bryant, we have Australia. We lost Kobe. Yeah. So.
0: And... I can yeah. pivot this to acts of terrorism and your show Manhunt <laughs> focused on yeah. Richard Jewell in the Atlantic uh the Atlanta bombings of the Olympic Games. Um, yeah. and you play FBI agent Stacey Knox. Yeah. That's amazing you're in the um that you're a, um a regular for this that series. And I think it's cool. There it was it kind of came out concurrently with the Richard Jewell film.
1: Yeah. Uh, Richard wow. Jewell, the film came out first, and then we... Yeah. Uh,
0: okay. How do you feel about that, and, and what comparisons can you say about the, between the series and the, the Richard Jewell film?
1: I thought it was great. I, I thought, you know, listen, Clint Eastwood, Richard Jewell comes out, there's a buzz that is created for us. Um, you know, they have two hours, two and a half hours to tell a story. We um, told it across 10 episodes. And 10 so, hours. Yeah, we were able to really kind of dig deeper into some of these characters, into the story. Um, and so I was grateful that we had that amount of time to to tell it. Um, I felt like both um, both cats were spectacular. Um, I, I am so partial to, uh, Cameron as Richard Jewell. It, he is, he is so phenomenal. And there were, there was a scene, an interrogation scene that we shot with him. And, you know, I, I was fighting back tears. It's, Kelly was fighting back tears because he was just, he was so moving and it was, it just gave me chills and I was so grateful Ooh. to be able to be a part of it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I,
1: I, checked
0: I checked out, out um, the first, first season, season, and then the second season I have yet to watch, but I saw the trailer, and yeah. I was like, my gosh, this is just, I mean, like, the, the the comparisons to Richard, I mean, it's the same story, mm-hmm. but uh, it's a different perspective, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, we, like, you know, with the Kathy Scruggs character, we were able to get more into her story, they didn't really have time to to dig deep into that, Um yes you know, the relationship between Richard and his mother, we got to expound on more in the series than they were able to in the film. So we we had the luxury of time.
0: Would you say the Kathy Scruggs character was less controversial in the series than it was in the film?
1: I think so. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Again, because we had the opportunity to kind of show different layers and colors, um, you know, and there's there's only so much you can do in a film, and so much that you can you can tell, you know.
0: Right, right. Obviously, uh, the controversy I'm alluding to is the Kathy Scrub sleeping with another uh, person to obtain information, which if was not true, could, people could consider it controversial. If it was supposed yeah. to be a biopics, and I can totally understand the controversy surrounding it, but uh, yeah.
1: And that's yeah. not what it was um mm-hmm. in our in our show. We didn't show her um sleeping with a detective. Um, I, mm-hmm. you know that was a choice that that they made for whatever reasons. I don't know what research they did to um, see if that was true or if that was just creative license that they were taking, but mm-hmm. um, you know i I appreciate it in our show. You know, you 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 got to feel for for that character. Your heart broke a little bit for her mm-hmm. and seeing her backstory and where she came from and what motivated her and drove her, you know, to to be to to become the woman that that she ended up becoming.
0: Uh, what can you say about uh, the Stacey uh, Knox character as far as the parallels with other FBI agents or the actual, if there is an actual Stacey Knox FBI agent and in-
1: yeah, there wasn't an actual Stacy Knox character. Um she was just I think kind of a compilation. Um there was no Stacey Knox in the film. Um they didn't really touch on um on there there was in ours in our show um the one of the women uh, one of the people who were killed um, a Black woman and her daughter, uh, Fallon, I believe, was the daughter's name. Um, you know, we kind of showed their story. That was kind of oh, oh, in oh,
2: the film. Sure.
1: Um, and so with my character, she was she was a bad mama. Like, yeah. I I loved yeah. her, you know, um, and. What I loved about working on the show, the writer, Andrew, um, really kind of allowed me to talk about the backstory of who this character was, you know, because she was the only black female um, detective and just the fight that she had to go through and doing my research there, the, um, there was this coalition of of black people who sued the FBI for discrimination back in the, in the nineties. And so, you know, understanding that as a black woman, how difficult that would be and, you know, right. pulling from my father, uh, my dad, who is a retired police officer, you know, and thinking about everything that's going on now yep. and how uncool it is to be black and be in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. But that's not always what it is. My character um, in, in the show, she says to her partner, who is white, that growing up, all of the officers looked like you and all of the victims look like me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so i it's like it's it does something to you when you are able to see someone in authority who looks like you, you know, and, and to be able to communicate with them in, in a way that they understand, you know. Wow. Yeah.
0: So I guess I could uh, pivot from that to. Um a play uh, that um, that you're writing, uh, commissioned by the Black Rebirth Collective, mm-hmm. which uh, imagines a real-life meeting between Betty Shabazz and Coretta Scott King, the widow yeah. of Malcolm mm-hmm. X and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, t- let's talk about this play. Very cool. You it know, actually that, sounds fascinating. You know,
1: that's that's a cool ever... concept. Yeah, that's definitely. great. Thank you. It came from... The meeting, which was written by Jeff Stetson. And the meeting is an imagined meeting between Martin Luther King and Malcolm X Mm -hmm. and um, saw the play. It was phenomenal. And I went up to Jeff afterwards and said, man, I would love to see a meeting between Betty and Coretta. And he kind of smiled and walked away. Someone overheard (laughs) me say that. And I did to them the same thing that Jeff did to me. I smiled and walked away. Um, But then when I joined forces with Black Rebirth Collective and they inquired about my passions and what I wanted to do and I told them about Betty and Coretta, they just really pushed me out there and said, start writing, get to writing it. And um, in, in Betty's biography, Murley Evers Williams, the, the widow um, of Medgar Evers, who was killed, um, shot in the back in his driveway in Mississippi, wrote the foreword. And she said their relationship went from top went from rivalry to tolerance to genuine affection. And I, I felt like that was a beautiful theme to kind of see the trajectory of their career go from rivalry to genuine affection and oftentimes we only refer to them as the widows of Malcolm Mm -hmm. and And these were women who had dreams before they became the wives of these women uh these men and widows of these men and I wanted to really like get in there and understand who these women were and so that's kind of the journey that we get to take in this in this piece. I'm currently on the seventh draft.
0: Seventh draft. Oh, okay. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because it's funny um, <laughs> because my first drafts, first probably two, three drafts, they were ultimately talking heads for their husbands. Like they were hmm. basically saying what their husbands would say. I had fallen into that same trap. And it was like, strip all of that away. You know, let's just talk to these, let's hear these women talk about whatever they want to talk about, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. I'm sure it wasn't easy for them to have their dreams, Coretta wanting to be this amazing classical opera singer and Betty wanting to be a nurse and and opening up schools, having to put those things on the shelf to support your mm-hmm. husbands and their movements. That was difficult, you know?
0: So does the play... Um, um, so basically the conversation is the entirety of the play or yeah. is, there, is there other things, scenes that come into play? Okay.
1: Yeah. So it's just like the meeting. It's just um, Malcolm and Martin on stage. This will be just Betty and Coretta.
0: Cool, cool. So oh, theater so. would make sense, uh, I yeah. guess, as opposed to a television uh, yeah.
1: adaptation for this.
0: Yeah. Is this something that you, after writing you would like to see a run on Broadway and you maybe being a part of it?
1: <laughs> you know, um <laughs> I would love to see this go up on Broadway. I don't know that I would, um, that I would be in it though, you know, which which makes which makes my mother very unhappy. Very. very
0: unhappy. <laughs> well, you're um, a little younger, I guess, than maybe <laughs> than they were in their meeting. Yeah, so. but
1: you know, I I um I feel like Coretta was much lighter than I am, and I feel like Betty was a little darker than I am, okay. um, and so I I wanna honor that. You know, right. I yeah. have an issue yeah. when it's like, yeah, we, you know, we're gonna make this dark-skinned woman a light-skinned woman, or we're gonna make yeah. this light- You know what I mean? It's like, even, Right. I don't wanna get started, I don't wanna go. No, no, I,
0: I kinda wanna pivot yeah. into that discussion. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I, I remember there was some controversy about a biopic um Adam about C. a yeah, is that what it, yes yes of a light skin actress playing uh who's traditionally darker skin, do you feel that that accuracy needs to to come into play with the skin do, tone?
1: I do because I feel yeah. like um they made it so much about the the skin color when that wasn't that wasn't mm-hmm. even part of it you know and and the the young lady who uh wrote the book that the piece was. Um, based off of, she finally, she wrote this amazing article where she just shared her disappointment with it. You know, she said she thought she was going to get hidden figures and ended up getting the Real Housewives of Atlanta. And, yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> That's it right there. Uh, yeah.
3: I've worked and on a Real like- Housewives <laughs> show, unfortunately, so I know exactly <laughs> what that means.
1: Okay. yeah. But it was like, like how about, it's not yeah. not fun. So much, it's not there fun. There was so much that that there was so much good stuff. There was already yeah. so much drama in her life that they could have taken. Right. That it just felt like, why why do we have to to do this? You know. Yeah. Similarly,
0: yeah. when Aunt Viv went from a light skinned uh, actress to a darker skinned actress in the press I'm a dark
1: yeah, from a dark skinned actress to a lighter skin. actress. Like, yeah, I reversed the yeah. right. and a, original Aunt Viv is so much better.
2: <laughs> I think personally. So, was was that the, is that the same is that the same phenomenon?
1: I guess or no? You know, I feel like I don't I feel like. I mean, I don't know if it's if it's the same because with Madam C. J. Walker, like there was a real person already. You know, okay. the the the, uh, the Addie um. Monroe character who I think ended up being a compilation of people or whatever they said she was a real person you know mm-hmm. so I I feel like for whatever creative differences they may have had with the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air I mean I don't know if their thinking was you know we already had a dark skin actress now let's go light skin. I don't think that that was their thinking um but I don't know I wasn't there um but I just feel like it, I feel like the two are different
0: Okay. And I guess um, conversely, a lot of uh, television shows that might have had skits or episodes with white actors in blackface, uh, from Thirty Rock uh, and uh, Scrubs, and um, of course uh, Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel both doing skits. Um, you know, obviously they had to apologize for that. But those, do you feel that that was something that needed to be done? Um, remove those episodes um, because. It's not okay, I mean, but yeah. yet
3: we still see it in, in modern times, in modern television. I, I mean, um, compared, compared to in like Tropic Thunder, where, like, the joke was that a white actor would take on the role of a black man, that was inherently the joke. So <laughs> is it really offensive? Is it, like, the, the fact that, that it's offensive is the joke? Like, it's one right. of those things where it's, like, people that didn't want to go... People that saw that movie and didn't want to laugh eventually, like halfway through the movie, finally laughed. They finally yeah. let go. They like it, it's a it's yeah. a genuinely good movie. I would not say it's like a masterpiece of cinema or something like that, but it's like it's a fun movie. Yeah. Like Robert Downey Jr. playing a black man. It it did bring up one of my favorite memes, which is what would who would you cast as Iron Man if Iron Man was black? And then still still the quote was it's Robert Downey Jr. Jr. <laughs> but. uh... I think, do, you, what, do you have any thoughts you know, on it? There's certain examples where it's like, yeah, it's okay it's, to let it go. But in something but, like 30 Rock and Scrubs, yeah, it's okay. Let's get rid of those. Yeah. That was a mistake. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, I think
3: all of it depends on context. Yeah. Is on that? that context. For me? Do you think
2: it's context, Kelly? Do you think it's? Well, I know
1: Morgan is trying to say something. So
2: I I just feel like I think the problem with it is that so many people are not educated about how offensive blackface is and what it, like how it started. I mean, I remember first learning about it and I mean, I'm sure my mother told me about it, but I I remember taking an African-American literature class and my mind was blown that this Mm -hmm. was something that white actors did as a form of entertainment so not only could black people who are talented in our own right we couldn't we couldn't get up on stage and tap dance and dance it had to be someone that was white that was putting on blackface and then putting on the stereotype of the mammy or the uh you know the coon what have you and that was laughed at and it was funny and i mean i have a lot of white friends and some of them i just remember like having to explain this. And, and it's like it's like the whole thing that's going on now. I don't think people are inherently, a lot of people aren't inherently bad. A lot of people aren't inherently racist. They are ignorant. And I don't know if that's the school system or it starts at the home, but like I just still know there are people that had no idea what, what blackface was and why it is so offensive. Yeah. And I think that's the problem, is that it's not, A lot of the things we're now talking about have not been discussed.
3: Yeah. And it's with uh, it should be discussed. With, you know, Gone with the Wind got pulled from uh, HBO Max for like a couple days because they were like, this has inherently, you know, offensive racial elements to it. It's like, it was made back in like, what, the 50s? Like, it was made in a different time frame. It's, It's not meant to be inherently, it's not like the film was...
2: I mean, it's offensive. It was was made with people with a
3: different mindset,
2: right? It is what it is. That's what needs to be discussed. Like, it needs to be told that yes, this is a this is a you know critically acclaimed film, but this character, who by the way got the first Oscar as a black woman, Hattie McDaniel, Hattie McDaniel's, but like, but how did she get it? She was playing a stereotype, which you know, Aunt Jemima. Like, it's Mm -hmm. just like. I feel like our history needs to be discussed and understood, and it's okay that we've made mistakes, but we need to address it so that it
1: our doesn't children, happen
2: again. Yeah,
1: children yeah. get that, you know. Yeah. And I think that's that's part of the problem that because you have like my my mom's generation, like my mom. I remember having a conversation with her and she just got so emotional and she was upset and she, she's 66. And she was like, I've been dealing with this all my life. And she's only 66, you know, but she, she grew up where, you know, sorry, you can't try on those shoes, you black little girl. Sorry, you cannot drink from this water fountain, you black little girl. And then, you know, she grew up and so did, the the her other white um, counterparts, they grew up and they taught their children. Right. right. You know, people like Morgan said, like we have to be educated. Don't take it down, but let's talk about it. You know, let's have a conversation because it wasn't even though that may have been the mindset. Then it wasn't right then. And it's not right now. And unfortunately, because you talk about systemic racism, it's because it's never been addressed. You right, it's right. that thing of like, oh, turn the other, turn the other cheek, or you know, you yes. should be grateful. You should be grateful that you got to be a part of this. Aren't you grateful? You know, I
2: feel, I feel, like we've done that. Like, I mean, I remember, not it was just there are so many things that have now been brought up that I didn't even, I wasn't even, really consciously aware of. Mm-hmm. And I think you're, you just said it. Like, those are the things we need to talk about, and. Hopefully it's about
0: get edu- someone. We have to educate people, I think. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the bottom and line. And
1: people and and allow people, we talked about this in my church on Sunday, you know, this cancel culture. We're so pleased right. to like cancel people, but what and ultimately what cancel culture is is you made a mistake, I'm not gonna forgive you. Right. Here, yeah. You know, I have I have white friends who are like, I'm like, what do I do? And it's right. unfair of me to be like, no, you white figure it out yourself yeah. I, you know if if you're willing to learn like let's have a conversation because I don't I have a hundred percent if you're willing to walk beside me and we figure this thing out come on I'm I'm down with it you know but That's we're so true. quick we're so and I get it like we have a right to be angry mm-hmm. and yet then where's the where's the solution where do we okay. find peace after the anger you know That's which true. is which is a beautiful thing which you know Martin King <clears throat> was like Oh, light years before his time. Mm.
0: Absolutely. Yep. Very well said, Kelly. This was an amazing interview. I'm I'm glad you got a little yes. off topic with us yeah. to talk about some of the uh, you know issues going on today in our society with, with systemic racism and and, mm-hmm. and injustices going on. This is very very valid and very current, and I'm glad you could talk about that as well. Yeah. And Thank of course you. we can check out Kelly all over Netflix, (laughs) all day and the night, and uncorked. Catch Handmaid's Tale if you want to catch her episode, which was season two, episode four, which I checked out. Uh, Check out Manhunt uh, season two, the entire uh, season uh, for more of Kelly. And amazing, amazing interview. Thank you so much for being a part of BTP Below the Belt*. And before we let you go, uh, Kelly, if you could let us know who you are throw out um you know all day and a night on from manhunt whatever and let us know you're on below the belt and then throw out whatever you want at the end maybe a peaceful quote or something something meaningful to you at the end
1: yeah my name is kelly jenrette i play delanda in all day and a night brenda in Uncork, and sergeant stacy uh detective FBI detective Stacey Knox. I'm gonna take that back and do that again. How about yes, that? Yes, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> take two. Take two. Back to one. My name is Kelly Jenrett. I play Delanda on All Day and a Night, Brenda in Uncourt, and FBI detective Stacey Knox on Manhunt: and Deadly Games. My favorite quote is, "It is well." In the midst of all of the chaos that is going on, find peace within yourself, within God. Stay rooted and grounded and know it's going to be all right.
0: And if you could add, you're on our show, Below the Belt Show.
1: And I am on Below the Belt. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> nice.
0: Kelly, thank you so much for calling in, Skyping into our BTB quarantine at home edition. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh it was amazing and thank you so much. Best thank of luck to you. Thank you for
1: having me. Take all care. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you.
0: Good night, Bye. Kelly. Thank you.
1: Good night. Thank you. Good
0: night.